His mercy endures forever. That's awesome. Mercy. Everybody good tonight? Welcome to Miracle Wednesday. Is that what we're calling it? Miracle Wednesday? We call all these seats filled in the name of Jesus on Wednesday night. We thank you, Lord, that you send them in. Father, that we loose angels to compel the people to come in and hear the word on Wednesday night, to soak up the word of God that will change their life forever. How many of you have been changed by the word of God? How many? You know, obviously, well, I got changed by Jesus. Jesus said, I am. Or the, John says that he was and is the word. And so when we allow the word to get in on the inside of us and govern our lives by that truth, the truth of the word, you know, you can, you can uh, have whatever you say. You can claim all the promises of God and you can live this life as an overcomer, victorious, because that's what Jesus is. And that's what he's accomplished for you and I, amen. And that's the life he has for us. It's a good life. It's a good life. Hey, it's not so bad. There's, there's a lot of good that's happening. Amen. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight is title of the message is stay with the truth. Stay with the truth. Stay means that you're abiding there. You're living there. You're not moving. You're not running here and there. There are things that may be truths, but it has to line up with the truth. John chapter 17 is where we'll begin tonight. John chapter 17, verse 15 says, I do not pray, Jesus talking, that you should take them out of the world, them meaning you. He says, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16, they, you, are not of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not of this world. Just as I am not of the world. So you're just like Jesus. He's not of this world. When you came into the kingdom of God, you transferred kingdoms. You're not of the kingdom, no longer of the kingdom of the world, but you are a citizen of heaven. And so here on this earth, we are to operate by the laws of the kingdom as, as citizens of, he, of heaven. Just like you operate by, you should operate by the laws of this world that the, that this, that the governments have set up. Like, for example, there's a speed limit. Just as an example. And if you go beyond the speed limit, there are repercussions possibly, you know, the same way the kingdom of God has laws that are governed by the kingdom of God that God has set up. One law of the kingdom is the law of sowing and reaping. That's a law of the kingdom of God. It is set up in the earth. And so we can operate by these things. These, these are principles in the word that we can operate by so that we can live a victorious, successful life as overcomers of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? So he says, they're not of this world, just as I'm not of this world. Sanctify them by your truth. And then he says, your word is truth. Amen. So we have to, this, this, Statement right here is the key. When we're talking about staying with the truth, you have to know what the capital T, capital H, capital E, the truth is. And it can't be the truth according to you. It can't be the truth according to Aunt Susie or Uncle Bob. It has to be the truth according to the eternal word of God. So he says, sanctify them. How? By your truth. Or we could say, since he said your word is truth, sanctify them by your word. The word sanctified means uh, to set apart, to make holy. But, but another definition of the word sanctify, which I, which I like, 
It means to regard as special. So that when you are in the world, which you're not of, you're in, but you're not of. That's not just a cliche. Jesus said it. They are, they are, you know, they are not of this world. When you're in this world and you're operating by the truth of the word of God, it will set you apart from the world and you'll be regarded as special. Set apart, sanctified. And so the word comes in and, and it's described as uh, there's, a, there's a washing of the water of the word. And so I, I joke up. we were in, uh, I, th- I can't remember if we were in Russia or Ukraine one time. And I was talking about the washing of the water of the word. And I said, this is through a translator. And you don't know how it's going to come across. But I said, you're being brainwashed right now. And of course, they started, when they interpreted, they started laughing. So I think they got it. But our mind, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what he said? But our minds are being washed right now. By the word of God. And so the things that the devil tried to come against you and put thoughts in your minds, you know, some of these thoughts are not your thoughts. And so these are the, this is the battle of the mind. The, the thoughts that, that Satan tries to bring or, or uses other people to plant seeds in the mind. And it's the washing of the water of the word that will, that will cleanse our minds and our thoughts and our hearts and get in on the inside of us to cause us to grow in the kingdom in the kingdom principles, in the truths of the word of God. So he says, sanctify them, set them apart, make them holy, regard them as special. It reminds me of that uh, in Peter, he says, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That, uh, that word means a special people. And so the word, the truths of the word of God sets us apart. It makes us special. It's a life that's above this world and this world's thinking. It's a, it's a higher life. So God's word is the truth that we should govern our lives by that will set us apart from the world. People should see that you're special. Because you've taken the principles in the word, the truth, and you're, you're living by This is how you're conducting your life. You're governing your life by these things. However, there are many opinions. Corinthians says there are many voices. There are many prophets. There are many platforms. So there's a lot of voices and opinions and platforms and prophets that want to give you a version of the truth. And so you have to know as a believer what you believe and not be moved by it and stick with it and stay there. And so I'm not going over here for this, for this version of the truth and going over here for this version of the truth because these versions of the truth, although they may, there may be partially true, may not line up with the truth. And I don't want to sound like a broken record. But it just keeps coming up. Every time I'm studying the Word of God, when you, when you read Matthew 24, talking about the end of days, and, and tell me the signs of your coming, they ask Jesus. The first thing He says is, take heed that no one deceive you. That means that we have to be grounded In the truth, we have to be foundationally, doctrinally solid in the truth. If you don't know what you believe, you're going to be swayed over here. You're going to be swayed over there. James says moved with every wind of doctrine. That means that you'll you'll never be a stable Christian. And that can lead to a, a, a life of shipwreck. And then then you'll say, well, you know, you see a lot of people and then they blame God. Let's say, well, this faith stuff doesn't work. No, the faith stuff works. I, in, in traveling around with Dr. Savell and being around him and hearing his conversations on the phone uh, to us, he's, he has said constantly, I've been doing this for 53 years. 
And let me tell you something. Why, he says, why would, I, why would I believe anything different? It still worketh. And you know when you go King James on somebody, you mean it. The word still worketh. He says, the word of faith which we preach. Because without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. So it's important that we're grounded in the truth. The truth, capital T, capital H, capital E. The truth, the word. Trumps a truth. So in other words, you know, you may, you may feel some symptoms in your body, you know, and that, that may, that may feel like it's true that you have a runny nose. That's true. And if you deny that you have a runny nose, that's denial. But it's true that you have a runny nose, but that truth is subject to the truth. You understand what I'm saying? So you can go way over here with it. You know, it's important to have a positive confession. It's important to quote the word. But you have to know what you're dealing with. So that you can apply the scriptures properly. So that you're not, you know, (laughs) denying what's going on. We don't deny these things. We just apply a truth, the truth that trumps a truth. So I want to give you three truths today. That I've learned from coming into the word of faith. When I say coming into the word of faith is that I didn't grow up in, in the word of faith. I don't believe the word of faith is a denomination or movement. I believe it's the, the when I say the word of faith, it's the word of God. And when I found out, you know, went to college met Nikki, got married. She finished school. We moved to Birmingham, Alabama and out of, out of Tennessee. And we lived in Birmingham, Alabama for three years. And we got involved with our, our local church there and our Sunday school teacher was a businessman and his wife was uh, he and his wife taught a young married Sunday school class that we attended and they just took us under our wing, under their wing and Wayne Lombard and, uh, we just reconnected, uh, just a couple years ago. And, and, um, he was a great mentor. Both of the, he, Wayne and Donna were great mentors to us in business, but also I learned through him how to prosper. Because he was a giver. And so he showed me, and I learned firsthand, what it was like, this life of sowing and reaping. And I watched him as he gave, and he received. He gave, and he received. And he prospered. I mean, very successful businessman. But he would, if he's standing here in front of you today, which he wouldn't want to be, because he, he doesn't like <laughs> the attention, he would tell you that his... Prosperity has everything to do with what he found in the Word of God. It's not attributed to the type of business that you're in or the type of employment that you have. That's just a way that God provides for you. But it's it's found in the Word of God and the truth. He says, John says, I desire above all things that you what? Prosper. And be in health. Those are two great, uh, what do you want to call it? Benefits of the word of God. If I just grab those two things right there, prosper and be in health. That means that, you know, everybody's like, we want miracles. We want to see miracles. Well, I do want to see miracles. But the other side of that is, if somebody needs a miracle, then they're not in health. To prosper and be in health, what about, hey, we don't need a miracle and we walk in divine health. That's God's best, isn't it? And it's no judgment against anybody that gets that, you know, 
is overcoming a, a cold or a sickness or a disease or that's not to say that they're not spiritual. You know, we're going to we're going to judge them now because, you know, I have greater faith than them. No, that's stupid. The idea is we want to walk in health. And so you have to understand these things and it's got to be it's got to be a truth to you. It can be the truth, but is it the truth to you? Jesus said, you will know the truth and the what? No means that you're intimately acquainted. You have firsthand experience with the truth. And that's what the Holy Spirit does with the word of God. And you hear people say, well, I read, I read the Bible, but none of it makes any sense. My first, my first thought is, why are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He will guide you into the truth. (laughs) He will testify of Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit can make the words off this, off these pages come alive in 3D. Where you go, oh, you can read something 40 times. And the 40th time it's like, oh, wow, that's something new. Oh, wow, something new. What is that? That's, that's revelation of the truth that's getting rooted deeper inside of you to cause you to be more set apart. So I learned, uh, so we started going to these classes with them on Tuesday night and the guys, uh, you know, had rented out a little office building. And I mean, this was a little narrow little room. It wasn't like a big room like this. It would be like this prayer room that was like a rectangle. And he had these chairs where you had to like walk sideways just to sit down. And people would come in there. There would be 50, 80 people come in on a Tuesday night. And guess what? He was teaching the laws of prosperity from Kenneth Copeland and Jerry Savelle. And so I got introduced right there to the word of faith of Prosperity. Oh, y'all precept prosperity gospel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, all these preachers and and they're doing this and this. I'm not responsible for any of them. You know, I, I used to have a problem with that. I used to have a problem with preachers that would manipulate people. And I'm not going to give examples, but y'all know what I'm talking about. And so... Because of those preachers, other preachers preached against prosperity because of preachers that did wrong things with it. So other preachers changed the truth based on someone else's distortion of the truth. So just because someone else distorts the truth doesn't mean that the truth changes. Right? So I'm not going to go way over here because of somebody that makes the profession look bad. Hey, every profession. Now I went to, I went to Nikki's dad with this one time because I was kind of sour about it. See these guys, you know, and doing this. And I said, I just, I just don't, I just don't even want to be a preacher. I mean, look, look at them. They don't, they don't have, a lot of them don't have a good name, this and that. And he goes, Eric, he says, Are there any dishonest people in your profession? Oh, yeah. What about in your profession? There's dishonest people in every profession. That doesn't mean that we don't do what God's called us to do just because there's there's people that are distorting the profession. I'm preaching pretty good. (laughs) So so we go to these classes and and, uh, so I learned, well, that was great because, you know, my senior year for Christmas asked for a briefcase. I had put the call of God way down, way down deep since I was a boy. I was hoping God would forget about it because I just want to make some money. Mom always, mom always confessed and, and prayed over me that, oh, Eric, you're going to be, 
You know, you're going to have so much money. And she would say it and she, she didn't even know about positive confessions and all this. She wasn't taught that, but it was just, she would pray this. And so I was just, that sounds great. So when, so then when I see it in the Bible, I'm like, oh, and then I watch Wayne. I watch how he gave to people and how he gave to people. and how He just kept giving, just kept giving and kept giving, and kept giving. So we learned to tithe. We learned to sow. We learned to give. And God just blessed us. And then we were faithful with what he blessed us with. That's another sermon. We're going to pause for special effect. <laughs> we were faithful with what he gave us. Okay. But it wasn't where we wanted to be. So we began to give to where we wanted to be. Which was increase our giving. We sit down at the beginning of the year and say, how much do we want to give this year? And you know what? The Lord would honor that. And we just kept increasing and increasing. And then, Nikki came to me. We've been there three years. She said, you know, I I just think that we've gotten all that we're going to get from here. Basically. We weren't growing anymore. And I want you to pray about moving to Michigan and, and helping mom and dad with the ministry. They're pastors. Well, I was prospering. So... This was year two. I had started this business in Alabama from scratch. Pitching an idea that wasn't even on the market. And built this, you know. So my second year, in 1999, I made $100,000. So here she was coming to me. I'm like, people don't do that. But my favorite scripture growing up had always been Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's been like stamped on my heart. And so we've, that, that truth is truth to me and we govern our lives by that truth. And so when she came to me, I thought, oh, she'll forget about it. You know, she's just, she's just emotional right now. You know, she'll forget about that and it'll be fine. Fast forward one year later. Hey, we're still increasing. Year three, $157,000 I made. And she comes to me and says, well, did you pray about it? I'm like, what are you talking about? Moving to Michigan to help mom and dad. I said, um, no, no, I mean, look, God's blessing us right here. I mean, obviously, you know, we're doing well. and God, God's blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I'm going to give you another month <laughs> to pray about it. So I grudgingly went to the Lord. And I said, Lord, is this something that is you, I mean, this was way out of bounds for me. I grew up in Louisiana, born in Mississippi. If you're from there, it's Mississippi. Grew up in Louisiana. We were, you know, we're still, in Louisiana, they're still talking about the Civil War. I mean, (laughs) you know, you go up north past the Mason-Dixon line, well, that's, that you're a traitor. So I jokingly say that. Kinda. So anyway, we I, I so I start talking. So the Lord spoke to me right there. He said, If you go up there, I'll make you number one in the company. Heard that clear as day. I was like, wow, I'm not telling Nikki that. So anyway, after I I gave in because I knew what God was calling, was, was calling us there. 
So I did what you shouldn't do. I began to confer with flesh and blood. (laughs) And my dad may be watching this, but dad, I got to tell this story. But you know I love you. So I go to my dad. I say, dad, uh, we're moving to Michigan. Why would you do something like that? Do you know how cold it is up there? I said, well, I just believe, I just believe that Jesus is in this and Jesus is there. He goes, nope, that can't be. I was like, why not? He said, because Jesus never walked on the frozen tundra. (laughs) True story. Love you, dad. So, so we moved to Michigan. Well, it was six months of working to get my heart right, knowing it was the right thing. You know, you tell people about it to this day, they go, I would never move to Michigan. Well, God didn't tell you to. But if God told you to, then you're either obedient or disobedient. And it's up to you. But that's a word from God to you that you've got to deal with and answer for when you get to heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's a truth. All these things will be added to you. So we're still applying the principles of giving, sowing, reaping. Giving shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And God's increasing. And he was true to his word. It was in the second year. My first year in, in Michigan when I went up there and started the business up there. I did the same in sales in the first year as I had done in the third year in Alabama. Then the second year I was there, I was number one in the company. He was true to his word. What, what, what do we do there? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. But what is he doing? He's saying, you seek me first and I'm, I will add all these things. You, you want to talk about prosper? Oh, yeah, we believe in prosperity. We're not ashamed of it. How are you going to give to the poor if you're poor? You know? We, it's a joy. It's a joy to be in a place to be able to give. And it's a truth that we got to stay with. We're not getting away from this truth. We're not ashamed of it. People can make fun of us. Call us the prosperity people. Oh yeah. Hey, if you don't want yours, I'll take it. Because there's things that we can do. And one thing that, that, that came as a revelation to me is that our money, when we sow it in the kingdom, becomes of eternal value. What value do you put on a soul? We had a church of 75 people. And we're sending our pastor all over the world, Ukraine and Russia, and people are getting saved and healed, filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're sowing into these, these trips. And to send, to send the man of God across the world. To do what? To impact the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. To impact the kingdom of God. See, many people are still living for themselves, trying to get, when that's not the kingdom of God. And so, the kingdom of God is just is wrapped up in John 3.16. That God so loved, that He gave. So... <clears throat> I went to my employer after a while, got promoted. I'm over 40, 50 sales reps now in this part of the country. Well, they would fly us in on a Saturday to meet on a Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, fly out. Well, I was missing church on Sunday for these meetings. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added to you. 
Well, I need to be in church on Sunday then. If I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, I need to be in church. I need to be in church. Because how am I going to get more truths and principles in the word of God? (laughs) This is how we've lived. I've conducted my business around my service to the kingdom of God. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you this, this, this truth is so rooted in my heart that there's nobody that could talk me out of it. I'm stuck right there. I'm staying right there because it's produced in my life. So I, so I talked to this, the president CEO of the company. I said, sir, uh, you know, we're flying in on Saturday to meet on Sunday. I said, well, I go to church on Sunday. And I don't want to, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to miss church anymore. Now, whether people go to church or not, you know, I'm not judging or condemning or whatever, but, uh, I'm making, I, I, at least Sunday's a good family day. If you don't go to church, you know, if you're not a Christian or whatever. And so he said, you know, I said, I said, so with that being said, if you want to have meetings on Sunday, uh, I won't be there. Now I'll fly out Sunday after church. I'll be there first thing Monday morning, but I won't be, I won't fly out Saturday and be there for Sunday morning because I'm committed. He changed the whole policy. They stopped having meetings on Sunday. So. I fly out Sunday night, you know, because we had Sunday night church, and I'd be there for Monday morning. Everybody else would still fly on Saturday. They would play golf on Sunday. That's up to them. But for me, I'm seeking first kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these, king, all these things will be added to me. And so these are things <laughs> that we stay. This is a truth that has, I know many people, when they talk about prosperity, They talk about, you know, give, receive, sow, reap. But Jesus said, you're doing this. You're seeking first the kingdom. Hey, he goes and says, I'll take care. I take care of the birds. I close. I call the grass of the field. Are you not more valuable than them? So it's really a prosperity truth. You know, when you give your life. To the kingdom and the things of God. So then, when the Lord began to stir our hearts, and we didn't know what what it, what this was in 2016, 2017, there's this stirring taking place. There were scriptures that He gave Nikki and I separately. We talked about. And it was, we knew we were going to move. I'm not someone that likes to move around. We've lived in three houses that we've owned, three, in our 26 years of marriage. So, we, we move. What about the business? What about the house, the, house, the, the stuff? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. Just want to follow God. Just want to follow him. Because in him is the best life that we could possibly live. I just, I just want to do what he wants me to do. I just want to do my part for the kingdom of God. And it's people that don't do their part where the, where the body suffers because he puts the parts together as it pleases him. And so the body suffers because of people that won't do that. None of you, you're all here. <laughs> but we, we move. I don't know what's going to happen with the business. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to live. I don't know. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his rights and all these things will be added to you. And you know what? Here's the testimony where prosperity is concerned, among other things. 2019, we moved. February 2019. 2019 was the best year financially we had ever had. 2020 was the best year ever we had ever had, personally. The business was down a little bit, but personally it's the best year we've ever had. See, God's not limited to a job, a business. He's not limited. 2021 was the best year we've ever had. 2022 is already the best year. <laughs> What's that? That's, that's God honoring His Word because He's faithful to His Word. And when we're faithful to His Word, So Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The Amplified says, In this freedom Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered and held ensnared and submit again to a yoke of slavery which you once put off. In other words, stay with it and don't quit. When you get a truth in the truth, you stick with it and you don't quit. Even though it may look like it's not working, I've been standing on the scripture, you keep standing. The only way you lose is if you quit. You keep working it, you keep standing. This is our Christian declaration of independence. That Christ came to set us free. Free from what? Bondage. Sickness. Lack. Oppression. Depression. He came to set us free. And he paid the price. He said, It is finished. The chains were broken. That's the truth. Now I receive that as truth. No, no, no. I'm not under that anymore. I'm not under that. It's a new day. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. There's new laws of of the kingdom now. I'm not under these other laws. And now it's the law of love that governs my life. Jesus said, on these two things, hang all the law and all the prophets. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when, so when we hear about grace and, and you're, you're by, by grace, you're, uh, by, what is it? By faith? By, by grace. Yes. By grace are you saved through faith. And we hear that. And it's exciting. It's too good to be true. Right? That's the gospel. But then some people started going way over there. Oh, you can live however you want. We're under grace. Live however you want. And so then people started preaching against Grace. Because people were preaching, were distorting the truth. And so if we understand what Paul was saying to the Galatians was that you stand fast in this liberty. It's truth that Jesus has broken the bondage, the yoke off your life. It is truth. So why would you want to go back there? And Paul's telling them, you got to be governed by the law of love. And that's how he's talking about, and your love for others. And so every decision that we make 
has got to be from the place of my love for God and my love for others. So if you're reading in Corinthians 13, it tells you what love is. And we know that love isn't selfish. So when we're talking about I, 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 then that's not being governed by love for others. Have you ever thought that, you know, Vic here, he mostly sits in this seat, I think. So you know where to find Vic. And when, <laughs> when, when Vic's not here, I miss Vic. And when I'm not here, Tommy would text me a picture of my seat with a little circle on it. <laughs> Why? Because it's a, it's a body. It's a family. We each have giftings and callings. What are those for? For others? For the kingdom of God? To advance God's kingdom? Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do the, the projector thing. What do you call that? The pro presenter. I, 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 I don't want, I don't want to. So people have to make up for other people that they don't want. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. So when Paul's, <laughs> when, <laughs> I don't know how I got off on that, but so Paul's saying, Hey, stand fast in this liberty. You're free. You're free from this bondage. just junk, but be governed by love. You're free to walk in love. You're free to walk in the spirit. If you're doing that, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but you're free. And so Jesus said this, if you continue my word, you are my disciples. Pastor talked about that some last week, I believe, being a disciple. Indeed, you shall know the truth. The truth will set you free. What is a disciple? It's a, it's a learner. It's someone that's a follower. It is someone that has been taught proper instructions from the Bible. And those proper instructions, they're being governed by those. Their life is being governed by it. And you know, we're all, we're all in a different place. You know, you may not be super Christian yet. I was just at a church in North Carolina. Oh man, the time's running out. I was just in a church in North Carolina. Nikki and I went and... We had a great, just a great time. And uh, you could just see the, the faith coming up in the, in the people. And it was just wonderful, wonderful anointing. <laughs> I said, well, they said, well, here, you can go on back to the, you know, the room or whatever. I said, no, I'd like to, you know, meet some of the people. So we go out and we're standing, <laughs> we're standing in the lobby, some like, talking to some of the folks or whatever. And this one guy came up and said, you know, I really appreciate your uh, uh, analogy about athletics. You know, I was an athlete. You know, I played baseball too. I was a first baseman and something, something, something. And uh, he said, <laughs> he said, you know, how he really appreciates authenticity. And in the process of saying that, he he said something where he said a cuss word, <laughs> you know, and, and so I was just like, well, you know, the truth is getting in him and it's beginning to change some of the things that, because if you get the truth inside of you, it begins to work out some of the, the, the things that need to come out of your life. And so the truth will change us from the inside out. So for me, it was like, you know, 
not refreshing that he cussed, but, but the fact that you can see that he's, that he's working on this growth. He's working on being a disciple and working on these truths in his life. And he's like intense about it. I like that. Not that we're encouraging people to cuss. I'm just saying, you know, you could tell he was intense about it. He, he wanted to change. So my people perish for lack of knowledge. So if I have, if I have incorrect knowledge, it will affect how I govern my life. If I have incorrect knowledge, I got to move. Oh man, I'm having so much fun here. You guys are listening so well tonight. So if people seek the wrong people or places for their quest for knowledge, listen, if you seek the wrong people or places or prophets for your quest of knowledge, it can, it can put you back under a yoke of bondage. That's what Paul was dealing with. These people were coming in. Paul's saying, you're, you're free. You're, you're free from this yoke of bondage. They're saying, but you got to be circumcised and you, you're this and this. And that's when Paul goes on to say, you be governed by love because that's what Jesus commanded. There's things that love should not do. Hear me. So we want to focus on when I was growing up, it was what not to do. Instead of what to do. And if we all are working on our walk of love, preferring our brother, loving God, getting the truth in us, Loving our brother. Well, we're growing. And the times where you've blew up as somebody a year from now. We just ran into. We encountered a person that we deal with occasionally. And. It's been a while since we've seen them. And the first words out of their mouth showed that they were at the same place they were a year ago. They have not grown. So there's, there's no truth that's working in them. Do you understand? So we're at a, we're at a place to grow. I don't care how old you are, you can grow. Number two, (laughs) oh man, (laughs) that was number one, (laughs) that was the answer, number two, the second truth that, that changed my life is that God is good, he's a good God. The devil is bad. And that's good doctrine. God is good. The devil is bad. God's always good. The devil's always bad. Where do we get that? John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. But I have come, Jesus, that you may have what? Life. What kind of life? Eternal life. Like I'm giving you salvation to save you from all this junk. Break the chains. You're, you're free. You're out of bondage. Live this good life. And then you may have it more abundantly. We can't get the two things mixed up. God doesn't have a telephone in heaven where he's calling down to hell to get Satan to do something to one of his people to get their attention. The two forces are opposite and they're contrary. And those are the forces that we're we're fighting. Ephesians chapter 6. It's an unseen battle that we're fighting. But when I was a kid, I used to think that God was just waiting for me to mess up. And this is... And, and so I believed, now whether this was taught or not, this is what I believed and this was truth to me. 
as a young boy and teenager that if Jesus returned and I had one sin that I had not repented of, I, was go- I wasn't going to make the rapture. Now, mom was even worse than that. Mom believed if she was in a movie theater when Jesus returned, she wasn't going to make the rapture. She couldn't play. She was, you know, five foot seven. She could have played basketball. But if she was, if Jesus returned, she was wearing shorts. Wasn't making the rapture. (laughs) Well, that's no secure place to be. Always looking over your shoulder. Praying prayers. Lord, please forgive me of my sins and even the ones I don't know about. (laughs) Right? But then I learned God is good. That He loves me. That His love is unconditional. That there's mercy. That there's grace. And that I could boldly approach the throne of grace to obtain this mercy. And who is mercy for? Who is mercy for? So, someone that has messed up. <laughs> Lord, I need, I need your mercy. To get help. So if that's a truth that's in the truth, and I govern my life by that, that means that my relationship with the Lord isn't this, I'm afraid of Him, I'm afraid to mess up. It's this, Oh, he's with me and he wants to help me. And even though I might stumble and fall, he will pick me up. Come on, somebody. He will pick me up and, and, and dust me off and say, come on, son. You got a, you got a job. You got a mission. You got to keep going. You don't, and I'd get in this place where I would try to come back on my own just so I could feel worthy enough to be in his presence again. That's nowhere to be. But that's a simple truth that I learned from the word of faith that changed my life. That God's not mad at me. Yes, sir. Got nothing but love for me. That's right. He loves you. He loves you. He already knows your thoughts, your weaknesses. He knows it all. So you might as well talk to him about it because you ain't hiding it from him anyhow. That will bring you closer to him. It says you can go boldly. Boldly. That's a a truth that will change your life right there. Jesus was our high priest who was in all points tempted as us yet without sin. Number three. Get through this. Come on. We can do it. The second part of that verse. Desire that you prosper and what? Be in health. I believe Jesus is a healer. Do you believe that? Yes, sir. But I also believe... That God wants you and I to live and walk in divine health. So you don't, you don't need a, a miracle. You don't need healing. But if there is something that you, that you need, Jesus is a healer. Yeah. Either way, the goal, God's best is for us to be in health. Whether we're heading toward health or whether we're living there. Does that make sense? And so we'll do everything we can, both naturally and spiritually, to get to that place. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Surely he bore our sorrows and his stripes. By his stripes we are healed. You know, this truth became so real on the inside of me that Jesus was a healer. He healed my back when I was a little boy. 
In fact, when we flew, is it, guys, is it okay if I finish this? Can I finish it? Can you give me, who will give me five, 10 more minutes? Who will give me 10 more minutes? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Sweet. Love that. When we, when we flew to North Carolina, the pastor of the church a year ago was tragically killed standing outside of a hamburger joint and a, and a, a runaway car piled into him. So the wife and the son are co-pastoring. Well, when we saw them back in April and they, and they said, we would like for you to come in September and, and help us. And, and uh, so we've been in conversation over the course. And, and so the son said, please bring your golf clubs because I want to play golf. Because that, that was something that he did with his dad. Now, I'm not you know, old enough to be like his dad, right? But it was important to him. Well, guys, I tweaked my back in August where I was crouching down and getting in my... It was, it was bad. So I was concerned about playing golf. So I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, this is something that's important to him. I know it's not wise for me to play golf. And I went to Nikki. I said, I know it's not wise. I know it's not wisdom. For me to do this. But I'm just going to put my faith on. That. This is something that is. Is a. Don't, don't, don't laugh. But this is something that will be a ministry. This is. This will be time well spent. And if I had to put the. Put the clothes down. And just ride along. That's what I would do. But I. But I was believing. So. When we got on the plane. You know. I'm still kind of moving. Gingerly and all this. Well, we settled in. I put on some worship music, put my AirPods in, and I began to talk to the Lord. And I said, "Lord, I, I know, I know this isn't wise. I'm just, I'm asking you, got to give me the strength to do this." This warmth, this warmth came down my backside, all the way in my legs, and I could feel it. Oh man, it was just like wow. And I got, I, was, I got off the plane. I was like, man, this feels good. <laughs> well, when I got to the course, I started swinging. I was like, well, this doesn't feel too bad. So I got through with nine holes. And after nine holes in the second nine, my back started getting stronger. It started getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Until we got done at the end where usually I'm sore after I play. I wasn't sore at all. I could have went and played more. That's my God. That's a healer. Even though maybe I haven't done my part. Maybe I haven't been doing my stretches. There's mercy. Why? Because he's a merciful God. He loves us. So therefore, he doesn't, he doesn't want us to... You suffer, be in pain. You don't have to live with pain. He bore all that on the cross. That's the truth. That's the truth. And so sometimes in this process of getting this truth so rooted on the inside of us that we're, that we're, on firm foundation that we're standing fast in this liberty. That we have to remind ourselves of these things. No, no, no. Your word says the pain's yelling. The word's soft. By his stripes, I'm healed. You're in pain. 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 By his stripes, I'm healed. Until that becomes so rooted on the inside of you that it's it's something that you just know. And it's not something that God wills to do or according to if he feels like it or not. Will you stand with me?
Those were the prayers we used to pray. Lord, if it be your will, can you heal my back, please? Well, you learn. And I've learned through this word of faith that God's will is his word. Dr. Savell said that a thousand times. His will is his word. Why? Because when God speaks, it's eternal. And that's the truth. 